Yeah, Father, I thank you so much for our friend yes. and our fellow servant who is such a faithful, faithful son of yours. And I just ask, Lord, that you would speak through him this morning, that he would be your mouth, that he would be your hands, and that you would do your work through him, God. We open up our hearts. We position ourselves as fertile soil to receive the seed that's sown by you this morning, yes, Lord. And we thank you so much for this opportunity to be ministered to by you through Mike. Lord, in Jesus' thank name, you, have your way. Amen. 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 In Jesus' hands. Happy Day to you all of you. <laughs> Goeiemorgen jylle. It's a besonderse voorrecht om weer saam met jylle vandag te kan wees. <laughs> I've been in Pretoria for the week. <laughs> so, yeah, my Afrikaans is now up. That's it. Sorry, Don, nothing more. <laughs> Thank you. Okay. <laughs> and yeah, Donnie and Ronel send much love again this morning. Um, as Leith mentioned, they're up in Centurion, Pretoria, um, at Grace Covenant Church and just uh, celebrating. Busy weekend up there. I'm sure Donnie will share a little bit more when they're back with us next weekend, along with the mayors of Pretoria. M-E-Y-E-R-S, Craig and Colette Mayer. They'll be with us next week. So yeah, uh, cool that we can be there and cool that they can come here and we can be together. Um, but yeah, in their absence, just thanks to Donnie and Ronell for the opportunity again, the privilege today to share the word with you. I really <laughs> always enjoy this. I'll share some dad jokes as well, of course. Um, amen. Thank you, Leith. Come on now. Um, Uncle Sean will appreciate this one even more than Leal. We hired a handyman, Uncle Sean, to do some odd jobs around the, the house, which is great. When we got home, he'd only done number one, three, five, and seven. You'll catch that later because he only does odd jobs. Yeah, thank you so much. <laughs> Jude, I'm so glad you eventually caught it, bro. That's, that's encouraging. <laughs> and yeah, man, I hope that you've had an amazing week with crazy socks on your feet, uh, trying to step out in boldness to share your faith in Jesus with the community around us, right? That's what this is all about, as Leith shared with us. So, CH something something, CH, you saw that last week if you were here. CH, you are CH. Who's the church? You are the church. Um, and today we're focusing on the you are in church, and you can put the title slide up for us. Thanks, Neeks, for your help this morning. In Christ, you are, the you are in church, and you are his ambassador. And this is such an incredibly rich passage of scripture that I'm going to read to you now, focused on ambassadorship. And let's kick off with that, 2 Corinthians 5. It's quite long, but not really, eight verses. I'm sure you'll live. Amen. If we are out of our mind, as some say... It is for God. If you look crazy with your happy socks on and out of your mind, it's okay. It is for God. If we are in our right mind, it is for you. Verse 14. For Christ's love compels us because we are convinced that one died for all and therefore all died. And he died for all that those who live should no longer live for themselves, but for him who died for them and was raised again. We live for Jesus. Amen. Verse 16. So from now on, we regard no one from a worldly point of view. Though we once regarded Christ in this way, we do so no longer. Therefore, verse 17, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. She is a new creation. The new creation has come. The old has passed away. The old is gone. And the new, amen, is here. Verse 18. All of this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. What did Jesus give us? What did God give us through Jesus? The ministry of reconciliation, that God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting people's sins against them. And he has committed us, you and me, with our crazy happy socks to the message of reconciliation. 
And we are therefore Christ's ambassadors as though God were making his appeal through us and our crazy socks. So we implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. God made him who had no sin to be sin for us so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Wow. I can close there. And go home and enjoy the week. <laughs> That's amazing. Thank you, Lord, for the truth of your word. Thank you, Lord, that the truth of your word is unchanging. Amen. And we're going to learn from his word today. Can I ask you this question? Don't know if you've ever thought about it. When Donnie asked me to speak on an ambassador, being an ambassador, or this concept of in Christ you are an ambassador, I went and looked at this thing called ambassadorship, right? Do you know what an ambassador is. I, I thought I did, um, and you probably do, but it helps just to get into that and explain it a bit. And Maddie um, has been studying up in Pretoria, so we've been spending a bit of time um, up there. Um, Mish and I were up there this past week. I flew back yesterday. She's still up there with mum. She's seeing her mum off who's going to visit her sister in Spain for a few months, but yeah, my work has required me this year, if you haven't seen me around here every week, to be in Pretoria about half the time. And uh, interestingly, from the balcony of the apartment that we stay in, in the distance on the slopes of the hill across Pretoria, you actually can see the South African Union buildings. Neeks, you can put up that next pic there. There you go. So this beautifully impressive structure, the South African Union buildings and... While we're up there, I'm forced to take my happy socks for a run in the morning to keep this tummy in check, right? So as I'm running around the place, even for the first time when I ran, I was like, quite, wow, blown away. There's an embassy of this and the embassy of that. You can put the next pick up. There's a two-kilometer radius of where we stay uh, in Pretoria. The little red dots, most of them, except for the hospital on the left, um, are... <laughs> embassies, I counted 10 of them, within two kilometers of where we stay, Turkish embassy. We could throw stones on the roof of the Turkish embassy from the balcony, we probably shouldn't, but we could, I'm just saying, don't think about it, Matt. There's a Mexican embassy, an Austrian embassy, Trinidad and Tobago, Ethiopia, Palestine, Pakistan, New Zealand, we're surrounded, literally, by embassies, and Driving around, it's not unusual in Pretoria to see red diplomatic number plates. I took this next pic. As I was leaving for the airport yesterday morning in the basement parking of the apartment where we stay. It's not often that you'll see a plate like this in Derbs. When you're driving around in Pretoria, you'll see them quite a bit. And both of the numbers, D at the beginning, D at the end, they're trying to hi highlight something significant. This is a diplomat. The person in this car needs to be noticed. Why? The normal rules of our country don't apply to diplomats. Don't know if you knew that. They have something called diplomatic immunity. They can carry a bag full of whatever they like. They cannot be stopped and searched and checked. The rules, the same laws and rules don't apply to them. They probably should abide by the laws and rules of the country, otherwise they may be kicked out, but they can't be prosecuted in the country that they're in for not abiding by those laws. So within these embassies that we're surrounded by, the ambassador, he or she, holds the highest office. Right, He or she inside those embassy walls holds the highest office. And here's what the Webster Dictionary definition of an ambassador is, Sneaks. A diplomatic agent of the highest rank, accredited to a foreign government or sovereign, a sovereign would be a king or queen, a kingdom, sound familiar? As the resident representative of his or her own government or sovereign or kingdom, or appointed for a special and diplomatic assignment, e.g., he or she is the American ambassador to Italy. Wow. Okay, so let's break that down really quickly. A diplomatic agent. Who's that? Someone who's acting on behalf of a foreign land or representative of another land. 
of the highest rank. There's no one more senior in that particular location than the ambassador. They're accredited to a foreign government or sovereign or kingdom. They're officially recognized even through their number plates as having the right to be there. They are the resident, they stay there, representative of somewhere else, a foreign land, a different country, a kingdom. And they are the living, breathing representation of that foreign government or land or kingdom here in the place where they stay. Sound familiar? Okay. They've been appointed for a special and diplomatic assignment. There is a reason for them being in this foreign land. And it's special. And it's diplomatic on behalf of another foreign land or kingdom. It's not to build their career. It's not to raise their family, although those things will probably happen while they're in that foreign land as well. They're there for the priority of the kingdom or the government or the sovereign that they represent in that foreign land. Hope it makes sense, right? So back to 2 Corinthians 5 verse 20. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors. Tell your neighbor, you are Christ's ambassador. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors as though God himself was making his appeal through our happy socks and our boldness to the world around us. Amen? Wow. So let's read this differently based on what we now know. Verse 20 becomes a real mouthful. But stick with me. In fact, tell your neighbor to concentrate. You can tell them, this is a description of you, Leo. This is a description of you. We are therefore Christ's diplomatic agents acting on behalf of a foreign kingdom. We are of the highest rank. We are credited to God's kingdom. We have an officially recognized right to be here. We are the living, breathing representation of our land or government or kingdom, God's kingdom. We have taken up residence in this foreign place called Durban, and there's a really special reason why we're here. Wow. How awesome is that? And while we're here, the rest of the verse actually shows us what that special reason is. The scripture's still up there in orange. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors as though God were making his appeal through us. We implore you, therefore, North Durban peoples, on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. That's it. How easy is that? Now we could say, okay, preach done. Let's go home. That's the message for today. That really is the message for today, done and dusted. We'll get into more of this in a little bit more detail, but that's it. We're here in this foreign land. We represent God's kingdom. He's given us the right to be here. We are not living for ourselves anymore. We're living for him, and we've got some work to do around here, which is imploring others to be reconciled to God the Father. That's it. There are a few realities of ambassadorship that I think it's worth noting. Sometimes, if you get a term like this one, it sounds massive, like the weight of accountability of what I just read to you now maybe feels heavy. But God is not, get this this morning, God is not sending all of us everywhere. He's not sending all of us everywhere. He's sending you to a specific spot. He's sending me to a specific spot. There's something unique that was created for you and I to do. And people that were put into their lives, we're put into their lives, they're put into our lives that we get to be part of speaking, living, and reaching out to, right? That's so cool. Every single day that I'm awake on this planet, which is a foreign land, once I became a citizen of heaven... A foreign land, I get to live out my purpose of being Christ's ambassador. In my family, starts in Jerusalem, then Judea, Samaria, and the uttermost parts of the world, right? It starts in my house, in my family, in my workplace, in my community, in front of my neighbors, 
with their barking dogs and loud parties. At my school or my varsity, in front of my friends, on the sports field. Donnie, <coughs> sorry. Um, I'm his ambassador. You're his ambassador, amen? Wherever your happy socks take you, wherever you go, we're living this out. Acts 1 verse 8, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be what? My witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the uttermost parts of the earth. Here's the thing for me when I was reading through this, again, I'm reminded, right? We think of evangelism. We think of this thing that we're being called to do with our happy socks as this like one-off event. We will plan it. We will invite them. They will come. We will share. And then we will go back to our normal lives. <laughs> and God's saying, no, guys, I placed the ambassador in that place to live as my representative day in and day out, encountering people and showing them the love of God and representing who I am wherever they go. It's not a one-off event. It's not something we plan. Yeah, there might be things that we plan along the way, but we're not living for those moments in time. We're living in this place, being his ambassadors. Amen? We're placed here for a specific reason, for a season. It's not one-off. And usually it's for an extended period of time. If you think of an ambassador that's placed in some location globally. In this extensive period of time, what tends to happen? You and I form some relationships because we're exposed to a few people that we wouldn't have been exposed to if we stayed at home in our country and never got exposed to that culture or those peoples. 1 Peter 2 verse 12. Live such good lives among the pagans that they, although they accuse you of doing wrong, they may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day that he visits us. So we're living this good life. That's what the scripture says. Where? Among the pagans. Who are they? The people that God's placed you amongst. <laughs> the people of this foreign land that you get to live around. Why? So that they can hear the once-off evangelical message that you have to share with them. No. So that they can what? They can see your good deeds. Deeds. Many of them, as you live among them, they witness how you live your life. And because of that, they will glorify God on the day of his return. I hope you're watching what God is saying. Donnie shared last week, before they can, thank you so much. Wow. That's an ambassador's glass. Thank you, Uncle Sergi. Look at that. There's this jeweled glass. Wow, special anointing as well. <laughs> Amen. Before there can be a harvest, we were speaking about seeds and soil last week, right? Before there can be a harvest, there must be a prepping of the soil, a sowing of seeds, a watering of seeds, growing of the crop, and then eventually, if you've ever grown something or you're into farming, a harvest, right? John 4, 36 to 37. Even now, the one who reaps draws a wage and harvests a crop for eternal life so that the sower and the reaper might be glad together. Thus the saying, one sows and another reaps is true. I think we see the harvesters and we think, wow, I can't do that. Stadium full of people, big Billy Graham message and thousands of people come to Christ. I can't do that, Mike. That's, that's too big. Here's Jesus speaking and saying, what if your assignment and my assignment is just to sow a seed? What if our assignment along the way is to water seeds that others have sown? Just to reflect him. Just to shine his light. Just to show his love to those around us. And to share from time to time when someone says, hey, Jude, your socks look different, bro. <laughs> What's going on, man? 
hey, I noticed, Jude, that you're less stressed than I remember you being. What's going on, man? Or, hey, Jude, I noticed that you live your life in such a calm way, even though we're both dealing with similar issues. What's going on? Shining your light, sharing his love wherever we go. What if our assignment is just to prepare the soil in the ground around us, right? Live your life worthy of his calling. Maybe when someone else that you've formed relationship with because you placed in their lives for a season of time says, I'm really battling, can you pray with me? That's the moment that you're there for as his ambassador. So the big city, full stadium harvester, yeah, there's a place for that, but we're not all called to that task, right? The verse we just read is from John chapter 4, which is the woman at the well. If you remember Jesus speaking to the woman at the well, she went back to the city. When she returned, she came with a whole bunch of people, and they're walking back towards the well, and the disciples are now with Jesus. They went to get some fast food, uh, and they're sitting with him, and he says to his disciples, you can read it later, look, the fields are white for harvest. Here's the people coming with the woman from the town. Basically, you're about to reap where you didn't sow. That's what he's saying in the scripture in John chapter 4. And so that both the reaper, when we get to do this today, and the sowers and waterers and soil preparers along the way get to celebrate in this outcome together. And I think one day in heaven we're going to meet some people that go, wow, that little thing that you said to me on that day made me think for 10 years before I spoke to someone one day and gave my life to Jesus. And you didn't even know what little thing that I said, where, when, how, what. You were part of planting a seed. And sometimes all we call to do is give them a little thing to think about. Someone actually called it this week when I was listening to another message. Putting a stone in someone's shoe. Not just a sock, a happy sock. You know what it's like when you've got a little pebble in your, in your shoe, right? It's uncomfortable. Maybe when someone drops that little sentence in conversation and you think about it for days after that, it's uncomfortable. There's something that the Holy Spirit begins to prepare in that spirit. Remember, it's the spirit that does the convicting, not you and I. Our job is not to convict. Hey, no, 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 no. Drop the pebble. <laughs> do what he says, walk away. John 16, verse 8 to 9. And when he has come, he, the Holy Spirit, will convict the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment of sin because they do not believe in me. So you and I don't need to convict the Holy Spirit. Thank you, Lord. We'll do that. Mike, when you're chatting with the world and interacting with them, when exactly do you bring in the gospel message? I don't know. Because it's not a one-off event. The Holy Spirit, I believe, as we trust Him, will drop those right moments, thoughts, sentences, opportunities into your spirit and your heart and mine if we're truly living as, him, as His ambassador. So I would just encourage you every day as you're spending time with Him, ask Him for opportunities. Ask Him for the right words to share. Ask Him for the right words to say. And those moments, I'm telling you, are going to come. Amen? So we're not hiding in our cupboards as Christians at home. We're out in the world, not of the world, but we're in the world, ready to share as the Holy Spirit prompts me, Lord, give me the right words to say. I will share what you want to say. Not these one-off planned events, but daily encounters, random, some might say, encounters with the world around us. Okay, let's talk ambassadors again for a bit. You still with me, right? Good. Some of you have drifted off, I see Okay, ambassadors of the sovereign. Look at these flags. Wow. How many of you know that modern day ambassadors must be carefully selected? You're not just going to go and throw any old so-and-so into a country to represent your country. Ambassadors are chosen by the ruler. They're not voted in. Praise the Lord for that. If we had to be voted in as ambassadors by the people around us who know our past, maybe that wouldn't happen for you and I, right? But the Lord places ambassadors. 
They can't be voted in. They can't be voted out. Thank you, Lord, for that. And they represent his kingdom. Also, remember, we can't represent two countries at one time. Jesus himself said, you can't serve God and money. Right, be careful of that one. We're going to talk about it in a moment's time. And you and I may be the only representation of the kingdom of heaven and of Christ and his love to the world around us. You may be the only representation of Jesus to those people around us. As we read earlier, 2 Corinthians 5, 19, uh, it's not up there, but it says, and he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. How many of you know the people who live in Pretoria will draw conclusions about America based on the way the American ambassador shows up to them. Yassi, what an arrogant so-and-so. Or wow, so down to earth, amazing. All Americans must be like that. <laughs> All Christians must be like him or her. The world is drawing conclusions about us all the time. This is a big responsibility. So when you're appointed as an ambassador to a foreign land, you lose your right to your own opinions. Mr. or Mrs. Christian, what is your opinion on fill in the blank? Where do we turn to? The book, the word. Actually, there's so much freedom in that because it takes the pressure off you and I. You don't need to have your own opinion. We just need to study the word so that we're ready to speak the word in response to that. Therefore, the ambassador, as he or she embodies the state, they represent, they literally become that country. A member of parliament is voted into a seat by constituents, right? A bunch of people that vote for that party, and then he or she gets a seat. So if you hit a member of parliament, it will be, don't do it, Mary. I saw that look. Uh, it will be assault, right? You struck a member of parliament. Naughty, that's bad. Oh, big thing. If you hit an ambassador, it will be an international incident because he or she is representing a country. It's a big accountability. And guess what? It's a 365 days a year roll. You don't get to log off, switch off, and shut down. So if you and I had to elect someone to represent us, as God has done with you and I, <laughs> that's a pretty big risk, don't you think? Today's scripture, he's committed to us the message of reconciliation as though he's making an appeal to the world through us. Wow. So if we're going to represent God in this way without our own opinions, what do we need to do? Get to know his opinions so we can represent him well. 2 Timothy 2, 15. Do your best to present yourself to God as one approved, a worker who does not need to be ashamed and who correctly handles the word of truth. Here's our job as ambassadors. Get to know the word of truth. Some translations you'll know say, study to show yourself approved by God. As an ambassador. Representing him in this foreign land as a citizen of heaven. All starting to make sense. So it's not my private opinion. It's not what I think about this or that. It's God's opinion. We don't have to defend it. We just have to share it. Where do we see this modeled? Well, I can tell you this. Jesus himself modeled this for us. He went out into the desert. He fasted for 40 days. When he came back from fasting, he was met by the devil who tried to tempt him. In response to what the devil brought before him, what did he provide? The word of God. Not his opinions. Not how he felt in that moment, please not, after fasting for 40 days and being offered bread. The word of God. So my encouragement to you and I, as we represent him in the world with our crazy socks on, is get to know the word so that you're able to give his opinion on any matter in response when you confront it. should also know a little bit about where we're being stationed, right? 
A good ambassador will need to know how to maneuver in conversation. The word diplomacy is implied here. Diplomatic. It's not unnecessarily offense-creating, like I think Christians often are known for. There's diplomacy involved here as well. They should be of good character. You can go and read in Timothy Paul's version of what this looks like. It's just really well explained to us if you think of deacons and elders. Summed up when you're stationed as an ambassador somewhere in three quick points. Firstly, knowledge, which is a well and accurately informed mind. Wisdom, the artful way to apply that knowledge. And character, an attractive manner and good standing and good character. So our number one job when we share the message of reconciliation of man to God, this is our number one assignment, sharing this. Let me, let me ask you this. Can you be anxious and worried and concerned about yourself if you're going to do this well? Probably not. I don't know if you've noticed this, but a government that places an ambassador in a foreign land doesn't want them to be concerned about their daily needs and requirements. Ambassadors, hello, there's some advantages as well here. It's not just a whole bunch of work. They have a pretty good life. Your house is provided for you. Is it a shack on the side of the road? No, it's actually a really great home. Your food is provided for you. In fact, it's probably prepared for you so that it's healthy and nutritious and good for you and not poisoned. Schooling for your kids, covered. Amen. Private schooling, paid for. Kwans. Amen. Oh, my. What about your exercise membership? Hey, it's covered. What about your data and telephone connection? It's sorted. You don't need to think about that. Your insurance, what for? None of the stuff is mine anyway. It's covered. It's sorted. Everything you do on your governmental assignment is paid for and covered by the government. So Jesus in Matthew chapter 6, if you remember the last time I was speaking on you of little faith, O ye of little faith, don't worry what you'll eat or what you'll drink because the pagans in this world where you've been placed, the foreign land that you're in, they chase after these things. And your heavenly father, the government, the authority knows that you need them. He knows that you need them. You don't have to pick up the direct line in the office to the prime minister from the ambassador's embassy to say, hey, we're running low on toilet paper. Can you guys make a plan? This stuff is taken care of. Why? They know what you need before you even think you maybe need it and it's sorted. That's what Jesus was saying in Matthew chapter 6. It's beautiful. Your governmental needs are taken care of. The kingdom is now taking care of your needs. So we are ambassadors of Christ, we ambassadors of heaven, our citizenship is in heaven. And Jesus, if you look at his example again, never really acted like he was from the earth. He saw 5,000 hungry men and their families, from an earth perspective, the disciples were broke. From Jesus' perspective, heaven, the kingdom, provision, feed them. It depends on what we're responding from, this place of earthly living or my citizenship is in heaven. There's two different thinking patterns. My God shall supply what? All your needs according to what? His riches. Where on this planet? No, in glory through Christ Jesus. Amen. Two different thinking patterns. So my job or my career is not my provision. It's not my provider. Yes, he may use that to provide for me, but my provision is from heaven, from God, because I'm doing kingdom business here on this planet. So we get to follow Jesus' example and not chase worldly wealth and be bound by worldly thinking. Otherwise, we're serving one of two masters. One of the poorest countries in the world today is a place called Haiti. 
You've probably heard of it. You can call up that next slide while we look at this, right? On the top left-hand side picture there, you see this like desolate landscape to the left and then this lush green landscape to the right. That is the physical border between Haiti on the left and the Dominican Republic on the right. You can look at it on Google Maps. It's an island. It is literally the boundary line between those two countries. The one side has been stripped bare of all of its trees. The other side is still lush and green, top right. That is what the streets look like. No, that's not central Durban. <sighs> we have some places that look like that, I think. But that is what the average place looks like around Haiti. What's interesting for me is if you look across the bottom of your screen, and you can go and Google this, those are on the bottom right, the French embassy in Haiti, the U.S. embassy in Haiti in the middle, and the inside of the U.S. embassy on the bottom left. Does it look like Haiti? No. It looks like heaven by comparison. And when one of them was questioned about the high life that they as ambassadors were leaving in such a poor nation, he responded by saying this, we are not as poor as where we are positioned, we are as rich as where we are from. Amen? Maybe that's why Jesus said, don't worry about these things. In fact, back to Matthew chapter 6, if you add one more verse, verse 33, but seek first his kingdom, ambassadors, and his righteousness, and all of these things will be added to you as well. So seek first, Mr. or Mrs. Ambassador, the kingdom of heaven, which is your calling, and his righteousness. Act like an ambassador, represent him well, and all of these things that the pagans are running after and that you're worried about will be added to you as well. Makes so much sense. Jesus speaking. Quick side note. Right standing with Jesus is also required. So if the ambassador spends his international phone bill phoning the psychic line back in the USA to get the next predictions on what's going to happen, that's probably going to be one, two questions about his phone calls at some point, right? If the ambassador leaves his wife and slips away with one of her young aides to a five-star resort and that comes to light, is it going to affect his ambassadorship? Yes. Will it be paid for by the government? Probably not, because it's not official government business. So, Christian, are you on official government business, or are you doing your own thing? Is something maybe just to remember. What Jesus is speaking about here is all your needs will be met on official government business as you live out your life as his ambassador here on this planet. That's why he says, seek ye first the kingdom and his righteousness. And all these things will be added. Amen. So we step out of our old lives into the new life. The old is gone. Amen. We say goodbye to that stuff. 2 Corinthians 5, 17. One of the verses we've read already this morning in this passage. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come or he or she is a new creation. The old is gone and the new is here. Therefore, in Christ, we step into this new citizenship as ambassadors, come on now, there we go, and our citizenship is found in heaven. Final benefit of being an ambassador, I'm sure there are many others, but the one I'd like to touch on this morning is that we have weapons of warfare at our disposal, amen? You're, on, you're not in this battle alone. Through the Spirit, we can understand the strategies of the enemy, and I want you to think for a moment of the protection that's extended to ambassadors Here's a photo of the embassy, the American embassy in Pretoria. I don't know if you've passed it any time, but it is a full city block. The building itself is imposing. 
you're probably not going to be able to get close to it with anything to cause it harm, the building. Um, it's manned by, I've been there once before, we were doing some presentations uh, when I worked for a previous company. you got to, like, almost provide a DNA sample at the gate. You leave all your electronic equipment there. Whatever you're going to present, you send to them electronically. They screen it for you. No laptops, no cell phones, no NICs. They search you. You enter as you are at the airport, except not just laptop out, laptop left. And go through and speak and get your belongings on your way out. And there's, I mean, those army soldiers with their weapons standing at the border, the gates, before you even get close to the building. We are protected. Amen. It's actually called <laughs> a compound. And somewhere inside that compound is the ambassador. Same with us. There's no need to fear. We are called and we are protected by God. And by the way, it's not just when he or she is inside the embassy. There are people that go with them when they leave. Right? They leave under, they call it an entourage, under God. We have the Holy Spirit. God also says he gave his angels charge over us, over you and I. By the way, the embassy, I only found this out this week in doing some research. The embassy is not the place. The embassy is the people. I didn't know that. Right, there's an official place called the embassy, but the embassy is actually the people that make up that foreign land. So when the ambassador leaves and he goes to his house, no one from the South African police force can enter his house without the ambassador's permission. Even though the police force of that country and he's at some place, you need his permission to come. That's why DD number plates, what, what. Anyway. They're under protection, physical and legal, wherever they go. And his angels have charge over us. So you go, so what, Mike? <laughs> There's so much in that statement. One angel, the Bible says, defeated the whole of Pharaoh's army. One angel, the angel of death in the Passover, took care of the eldest kids that weren't covered by the blood. One angel, he gave his angels charge over you and me so the ambassador you and i are protected amen okay so that's cool let's wrap it up we're on a mission we're in a foreign land we're convincing others of the benefits of being reconciled to god ambassadorship by its very nature is outward focused hello happy socks people we're ambassadors placed somewhere to be outward focused to have a physical living presence in a foreign land. 2 Corinthians 5, 13 to 15, we've read it already. If we're out of our mind in our happy socks, as some will say, it is for God. If we're in our right mind, it's for you. For Christ's love compels us because we are convinced that one died for all and therefore all died and he died for all, that all, that those who live should no longer live for themselves, but live for him who died for them and was raised again. Christ's love, this scripture says, compels us, compels us to focus on others. We might seem crazy in our happy socks. That's okay. We're compelled to show his love to others. We know that Christ died for who? For all, the scripture says. Do we get to choose who we take this message to? No. We often do that, right? There's somewhere right off. There's some we place on pedestals. There's those in between. He says, for all. Just like ambassadors, we live for him and not for ourselves. So Jesus, forgive us for the times when we viewed the people around us in the wrong way. I have to say that as well. Through our own biases and judgments, we're kind of choosing who should come to heaven. We don't get to do that. Finally, this local message is also a global message. Verse 19 that God was reconciling, what? The whole world to himself in Christ, not counting people's sins against them. He's committed us to this message of reconciliation. So his message, go into all the world. Not all of you into all the world, but you into all these places around the world where I'm placing you as ambassadors. He's committed us to reconciliation. What's this reconciliation thing? It's reconnecting, amen? Man 
to God. Through Christ, he will no longer count sins against us. He's committing all of us to this message of reconciliation. I love this. We have an amazing role to play this morning. Church, we are his ambassadors. You are Christ's ambassadors. Verse 20, closing verse or two. (laughs) We are therefore Christ's ambassadors. Wherefore, all of the stuff we've just spoken about in the prior verses, we are therefore Christ's ambassadors. As though God were making his appeal through us, we implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. Amen. God made him, Jesus, who had no sin to be sin for us so that we might become the righteousness of God. We represent Jesus. We represent the king in this foreign land. Where's this foreign land? Wherever he places us. Amen? That's subject to change, by the way, without notice. He may call you to be an ambassador in some other land sometime soon. In each and every context that we get to live this life in, you and I, with our happiest socks, get to represent Christ's love to the world around us. And we need to get the message right, amen? We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. It's not just something we say, it's something we live out every day. It's not this one-off evangelical event, it's how we live out our lives daily. And notice that it's not consoled, it's reconciled, it's restoring. It's redoing what? Something that was perfect to start with. Man in relationship with God, without this sin that separates us. It's reconciling man to God. Maybe you don't know God this morning. If you're sitting in this meeting or online, and you know we assume that everyone here is met Jesus and knows him, maybe you don't. Maybe you're hearing all these things for the first time and your mind is spinning a bit. Maybe you're hearing and feeling like you need to be forgiven by this Jesus for your sins today. Maybe you don't know how to do that, how to be Mike reconciled with God this morning. It's so easy. It's so easy. We're going to talk about that. You simply need to accept as we've had to do, that you're a sinner, that you're not getting this life right on your own, to confess that you've done wrong. Turn your back on your old life, amen? Ask Jesus to become your Lord and Savior. And we're going to pray for you in a moment because Jesus paid the price for each one of us that's here today, including you. Verse 21, God made him who had no sin to be sin for us so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. We cannot make ourselves righteous. We know this. Jesus was not a sinner, but he became what? Sin for us on the cross. And on that cross, God transferred all of your and my sin onto Jesus so that we as believers could look like God's righteousness when we, or Jesus' righteousness when we stand before God. Amen. That this morning is the good news, by the way, that you and I get to shine to the world around us, ambassadors of heaven and of Jesus. I think that's worth sharing with the world. It's worth sharing with the world in our happy socks. Jesus, the perfect atonement for sin, the perfect sacrifice for you and for me. I hope you feel challenged this morning that you are his ambassador. I hope you understand as well some of what you're called to do as an ambassador and also some of the benefits that you and I get to have as ambassadors when we're living out his purpose on this earth. And today we want to end by praying for those who need to be reconciled to God. Amen. So let's do that now. Can we bow our heads and close our eyes for just a moment? Maybe that is you today, as you've heard us speaking and singing and engaging this morning, and we're going to do some more of that over some
tea and coffee and hot chocolate in a moment's time because we like to connect with each other. But we also care about you. If you're in this meeting for the first time and the second time or third time or whatever it is and you feel disconnected from Jesus, you're not sure if your life is right with him. You're not sure that if you died tonight that you would be in heaven reconciled to God for eternity. We want to give you that assurance today if that is you and if you're in this meeting today and so i'm going to ask it's a big step i know but if it's you we'd love to pray with you and ask just that you as everyone is is eyes closed and heads bowed that you just slip your hand up say jesus that's me mike i want you to pray for me mike my life is not right before god mike i want to make it right this morning i want to pray that prayer and if that's you we're all going to pray this prayer together now dear lord jesus i know that i'm a sinner and i ask this morning for your forgiveness i believe that you died for my sins and i believe that you rose again from the dead i choose today to turn from my sins and I invite you, Jesus, to become my Lord and Savior. I choose to follow you as my Lord from today onwards. I choose to be your ambassador. Amen. If any of you prayed that prayer, I'll just ask afterwards that you maybe connect with one of the leaders. Um, you've seen Leith and Marcel are here at the front. You're welcome to come chat to me. Um, as well, and, and Craig or Anna, um, we'd love just to, to chat with you about the decision that you've taken. And as we step out into the rest of this week, let's stand together and pray, not just for those who need to accept Jesus, but for this amazing role of ambassadorship that he's called us into. And so, Lord, this morning, as we've heard about what you're expecting of us as your ambassadors, wow, Lord, we are blown away that you would trust us with this message of reconciliation to the world in this way. Thank you for all the places that you've placed us. I thank Lord and pray over every home and every family represented here today, every workplace, every school, every neighborhood, every community, every shopping center, every sports field, every friendship circle, every boss-employee relationship, wherever and whatever you've called us to, that we get to live out this ambassadorship calling, representing you, Jesus, as your ambassadors in this world. We are so grateful, Jesus, for the price that you paid, that we can be citizens of heaven, that we can call ourselves foreigners in this world, shining your light, sharing your love with our happiest socks on our feet and our happiest smile on our faces as we share your love with the world around us. I pray, Holy Spirit, you would give us the words to say on those encounters that we have this week, that you would expose us to the right people, Lord, that you would allow us to pray for those who need prayer, to love those who need to be loved, to bless those who need a blessing, and to be there for each one that needs a friend this week, Lord. We pray in Jesus' name. May we represent you well, Lord Jesus. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. Have a blessed week. Wear those happy socks and for now let's have some caffeine or sugar or both.